This video is about why I'm always going to defend deloads. I wanted to make this video based on my experiences with deloads and why I recommend them and why I use them as part of my coaching practice. Firstly, I'm going to start off with a bit of an anecdote, a bit of a story. And I want to take you back to about 2002. 2002, Faz was a young YOLO, just about 20, I think I was, and I was a couple of years into training. At this point, I had already competed a couple of times, so I was a competitive powerlifter already, and I had a very embarrassing bench. I could only bench about 200 pounds, and that was pretty inconsistent as well. My squat and deadlift were okay, but they were all hitting plateaus, and so I kept constantly hitting a plateau. I didn't really know what to do, and so I was reading on the internet as much as I could. Fitness internet was very small back then, but there were a few prominent figures. And one of them was a guy called Dan John. And I've credited Dan John lots of times, and I want to say his name again today, because he was awesome. And I always remember his interaction with me. He was so kind to me. At the time, I was a nobody. I'm, I'm still a nobody, but I messaged Dan. I messaged him at something like 11 in the morning, and he got back to me by three in the afternoon. So just a few hours later, he got back to me. For him, that must've been first thing in the morning. And he was very generous with his time. He wrote back to me and he gave me a suggestion. And I said to him, look, I keep stalling. He said, okay, Faz, what I want you to do is go back through your training logs and just figure out when you stall. So I said, okay, Dan, sounds like great advice. So I spent the entire weekend just going through my training logs. I had two years of training logs, all paper, paperback training logs. And I started to see a pattern. And I, when I saw it, it was just clear as day. I was like, wow, it's right there. And what would happen is every third week, something would happen with my training. Either I wouldn't be able to lift as heavy, either I got injured or I would get a cold, something would happen. So excited in this, because when I saw it, I just, it just blew my mind. And I wrote back to Dan. So he said, okay, Faz, what I want you to do is I want you to do something called a deload. And every time you feel like your training is going to go off a cliff, I want you to deload just before that point. So I said, okay, that's what I'll do. And that advice set me off on 18 months of some of the best progress I've ever had. That 90 kilo bench turned into 140 for the first time ever. I was benching three plates aside. The squat went from, I think about 150 kilos to 220 peaked at 227. The deadlift was already fairly high, about 210. And I think that got up to about 235. Years later, I messaged Dan about this and he was again, very generous, very nice with his time. And he thanked me for remembering him, but I give a lot of credit to him. But essentially going back to this video, deloads unlocked that for me. So for me, I will always be loyal to deload because they've unlocked that. And over the years, I've come to appreciate more about why they're useful. And that's a bit more about what I'm going to talk about today. Now, I'm going to start with a quote by Charlie Francis. For those of you who don't know, Charlie Francis was a extremely well-respected track and field coach. And one of the notable guys he coached was uh, Ben Johnson. Obviously Ben Johnson's career didn't end particularly well, but he was a fantastic runner and Charlie Francis trained a lot of track and field guys. Anyway, his quote was this, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, most people don't fully rest when they need to. So when it comes to training hard, they're too tired to push themselves. 
which means that they end up living in this sort of middle ground of mediocrity. Basically, what he's saying is most people are just walking around with a lot of fatigue because they're constantly just semi-tired. And because of that, when they need to deliver the type of effort which actually is going to cause improvement, they're not capable of doing that. So they end up just meandering around, going to the workouts, dragging their feet, not really putting the effort in, and just constantly feeling tired. That was his opinion in the field of sports. And he was famous for inventing the heavy light system, which is amazing. Now, I want to give a bit of a proviso on that because I don't fully believe that anymore. So I'm going to give you a pro and a con. Obviously, that's very pro deloads. But a con is the fact that hypertrophy training doesn't actually require you to be entirely fresh. You can train on fatigue. And oftentimes, to get the level of volume in that you need to, to gain, you need to train while you're tired. So I don't completely agree with that anymore. But I think it's an interesting anecdote. And it does tell you a little bit about how hard you need to work to make gains. But I think when it comes to hypertrophy, there's probably a, a bit of a balance there between what we now call volume and intensity. Now, I'm going to give you three reasons today of why I favor deloads. So let's get into it. Now, the first one is this. Some areas of your body don't warn you before they break. And I want to give you just another anecdote about this. So a few years ago, I was on Facebook talking to a friend of mine. He is a bodybuilder. He is now also a coach here in England. And me and him talk all the time. We get along and we were talking deloads. Okay. And it was a nice conversation. I was defending them. He was against them. And uh, his coach comes onto the conversation and starts to talk to me. And he said to me, yeah, I think deloads are quite useful if you're the type of coach who doesn't know his clients very well <laughs> or something really condescending like that. And so part of me thought he's an a-hole, <laughs> but we talked back and forth a little bit. But in any case, his client, my friend, snapped his quad tendon off the bone the following week. And um, <laughs> maybe I should have gone back to that conversation and asked him how well he knew his client then. <laughs> but basically, the thing is, there are some internal structures in your body which won't warn you when they're in trouble. So quite a few things, you'll get warning signs like your shoulder might hurt, your elbow might hurt, but there are a number of structures in the body which actually don't provide you any feedback to tell you they need a break. So most people who don't deload will suggest autoregulation as a way of managing fatigue when it comes to ligaments, joints, tendons, all that stuff. Now that's fine, but it's dependent on the body giving you feedback, but there are some areas which give you no feedback. Some injuries are the result of just going along and then boom, something snaps rather than going along. Oh, I feel pain. Let's carry on. Okay. Not all injuries are like that. Some injuries will just begin to go and one day will just snap. And we see this quite a lot in pec tears, the ones where the ligament just snaps off the bone. More often than not, when the MRI is done, the other pec is about to go as well. So there are some structures which don't really tell you when they're in trouble. They'll just carry on hanging on until wham, they go. There are also some internal and deeper structures of the back, which have the same issues. I think Menahensman had a problem with his back recently, which put him out for a long time. It was a very debilitating injury with a very deep part of his back. And that was something he had no warning about. And there's also some ligaments in the knees, which will just snap and go. 
without really giving any warning sign. So a deload is at least a regular break in the type of loading you would normally do to prevent some of these issues like my friend and like these examples I've given. So that's another reason. That's the first big reason why I favor deloads. Now, next, as part of my coaching practice, I use blocks of training bookended with deloads to emphasize medium-term goals. I find that people tend to do quite well with medium-term goals, so of about six weeks. So within those six weeks of training, you can set a number of goals. I normally set three or four with my clients, and you can really push diet and training hard for those six weeks with those goals in mind. So they provide a nice psychological boost for people, something for them to aim for. And we can say, okay, over the course of this block, we're gonna set you some goals like you're going to gain three pounds of body weight if you're bulking over six weeks. You're going to add five to ten pounds on each lift, five to smaller lifts, ten to compounds. And also, maybe I'm going to educate you about intuitive eating, something like that. So I provide a series of goals, which means they know exactly what to focus on throughout those six weeks. And then week in, week out, we can discuss problems that are arising, fix those problems. We can just discuss how to achieve those goals so that we're always forward thinking. We're always got the next goal in mind. Now, the thing about goals is you need to elapse a certain period of time to execute before you can evaluate the goal. So that's why these blocks work quite well. And a deload at the end of the block is a good way of bookending the block. That's the second reason. And the final reason is Blocks also serve as an endpoint for an evaluation of a routine. Now, all you guys have heard me discuss how I evaluate my clients' routines, where I ask them questions about progression, ask them about how things feel. We look at injuries, aches and pains and niggles, and we use all that to evaluate how a current structure is set up and then make changes. That's not something you want to do week in, week out, because you end up just chasing your tail. And it's not something you leave to chance, because then it'll never get done. You want to have specific checkpoints. So every six weeks or however long the block is, we are evaluating the routine and we are making changes based on that. Again, it keeps people focused psychologically and the psychology is half the game, whether it's coaching or just training yourself. So when it comes to blocks, yes, you need to make changes when they're appropriate, but you also need to allow enough time to elapse before you can evaluate and decide whether a change is needed and then adjust. So that's another reason why deloads are good because they bookend those blocks. All right, so just to bring this home, I will always defend deloads. Now for these three main reasons, safety, goal setting, and evaluation and adjustment. Now these three things form the pillars of my own coaching practice. So they're an integral part of what I do as a coach, making sure people stay safe, making sure we stay focused on our goals, and making sure we evaluate and adjust over time at decent intervals. So for everyone out there who's ragging on deloads, and I get it, and you'll realize not all of these reasons are based on biology. They're not all based on hypertrophy. Some of them are very practical reasons based on psychology. But as I say, just take it from me, I'm a guy who's coached for eight years. I've lifted for over two decades, not to do the whole appeal to authority thing, because I think that's a bit naff. But essentially, there is more to deloads than just having them as part of some sort of biological reason. They work very well for these three reasons listed. So I'll call it there, folks. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace out.